Amen. The word that God had gave me yesterday was a turning point. If you've got a bulletin, you might have read that. And I wrote some things down in there about a turning point uh, in life. And when, of course, when God gave me that, he carried me to 2 Chronicles 7, 14. We're probably going to read 12 through 22. Uh, we're just going to kind of look at that. Uh, when you read some commentaries about that, they'll try to put it in there a different way like it cannot apply to today. But I want to tell you something. From Genesis to Revelation, everything in that whole Bible can apply to today. I believe God can take a word in a text, not about the text, and show you something this morning that you need to get right with God. But I don't believe there's nothing going to be read in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, all the way from 12 to 22. I believe if you go against anything that is in any scriptures, I believe if you do what he asks you to do, any scriptures, I believe you'll be blessed. I believe if you don't do them scriptures, I believe you'll be cursed. I believe if you're a believer and you're in these scriptures, you, you disobey these scriptures, I believe he'll chastise you. He chastises those he loves. So just setting that in, in, in context, just kind of think about it and kind of think about a turning point. You know, I've been around people that maybe they had a car wrecked and as ministers, you'll hear it all the time. You just wouldn't hear all the promises that people will make to folks when they think they're going to die or they think they ain't going to ever live. I was watching a football game last night and this guy had gotten hurt and, and going off the field, he had his hands like this. I don't know if he's praying or not, but if he didn't know how to pray, he might have been sending a, a signal for, I don't know how, but y'all pray for me. Or he might have, I, I don't know. But, but boy, when we go down and we think, well, we're a football player, we got things in head of us, we may play for the NFL one day. All of a sudden, somebody hits us down there right there below the knee and, and something just don't feel right and it's popping. We, it can be a turning point in our life. And God does want to bless us. God, God wants to bring goodness upon us. He wants good for you. He wants you to be in good health and he wants you to prosper. The Bible said he will with no, withhold no good thing from a man to walk uprightly before the Lord. And so I've just thought about this turning point. I think about people live reckless life sometimes and maybe they get strung out on something. You know, in a church, it could be somebody got strung out on a long tongue, but I know you, you're talking about maybe some drugs or something. So, so anyway, we think about that. We, and then they say, if I just get on, it's going to be a turning point. Sometimes it is. Sometimes they get to a very bottom place in their life and, and they can't got nowhere else to look up. They didn't use the mama. They didn't use the daddy. They didn't use everybody that ever known them. And, but there's one somebody that'll always be there. No matter how low you get, no matter how far you go, there'll always be someone there that said, for God so loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would just believe it in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I don't know about you this morning, but I read a whole lot in that everlasting life. I don't just read in. I, I believe your everlasting life uh, comes when you give your life to Jesus. I, I believe your eternity starts right there. When we get to heaven, we're not going to have a, we're not going to have a different Holy Spirit. You know, we think, boy, when I get to heaven, I'm going to sing. I, God's going to make a whole lot of folks sit down if it can be that way. Like sit down, sit down. You wasn't my choir down there. You ain't going to be my choir up here. But, but God is a turning point. Any time today, I, I may be saying to somebody, any time today that you have a turning point, just a turning point, you might be a, a good church member, and I'm talking about a show enough good church member, but man, things in your life just bother you. 
I mean, just bother you. It just runs you here and there. You just can't seem to get no peace. Maybe you like one in the Bible think, think that you've done it all. Nobody's done nothing but you. And, and you just kind of go around discouraged about all that. Maybe today you just need to have a turning point. You didn't mind, like today, like Miss Opal's song she had, maybe today you just want to turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of this world will go strange to them. As I was walking out the door with a man this morning, did feel bad and I was thanking him for coming to the early service even though he felt so bad and we was talking about the cross that Jesus carried and, and bore our burdens and all the pain that he went through and, and he could have stopped and he could have quit and he could have called some angels to come and just been done with it and then we'd been here today destitute and without a savior. So let me maybe read, uh, read what God has for us today as we kind of look and uh, you know I don't know I, I don't know about the flood I, I know I know that, that the devil can't make it rain I know the devil can't make the wind blow and, and I, I know God's a jealous God and, and I, I know that God has to spank us he don't let us get spoiled and and I do know that in the last few days that you know I got to see on the TV and the, I mean, they just zoomed in on a little girl had a shirt on down there in Texas. I love Jesus. I've heard people talking about praying. I've seen churches being able to shine. And, you know, where's all them folks been jumping up and down on all them cars and breaking in them businesses? Where are they, where's all them folks been all this time? That just goes to show you here in America, don't, don't, don't look over the good. The Bible said, think on these things are pure and holy and truly. And I don't know about you, but if ever was a time I was glad to be an American, I'm glad today. Won't you give God a hand clap? Amen. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter seven and verse 12, it said, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard thy prayer. And I have chosen, somebody say this place, to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heaven and it be no more rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, then, then we got this popular verse that you'll hear, if you have anything religious at all, you'll hear this verse. And it said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will hear the land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attentive to thy prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And as for thee, if thou wilt walk before me, somebody say walk before me. As David thy father walked and do according to all that I have commanded thee and shall observe my statutes and my judgment, then will I will establish a throne of my kingdom according as I have covenant with David thy father, saying there, there shall not fall thee a man to be a ruler in Israel. But then we got a turning point. And in verse 19 said, but if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you and go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I pluck them up by the roots of their land, which, they, which I have given them and this house. Somebody say this house, which I have sanctified for my name. Will I cast out of my sight and I will make it a proverb or a byword among all nations. 
And this house, which is high, shall be an astonishment to everyone that passes by it, so that he shall say, Why hath God done this unto this land and to this thy house? And it shall be answered, Because they forsook the Lord thy God of thy fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and laid hold on other gods, and worshipped them, and served them. Therefore hath he brought all this evil upon them. I don't know what God's idea is in life. I do not know. But all I know is God's been doing a mighty fine job in all 58 years that I've lived. I know he's been faithful to me. And I know he's been faithful to the folks around me. No matter what would come in life, no matter how good it got or how bad it got, I'm glad that we're serving a God this morning that said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I'm glad that he said, I'm going to be your very present help in your time of trouble. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd rather be in the worst scenario or the worst circumstances or situation known to man and have God walking along beside of me and taking care of me than to live in a brick house somewhere with all the luxuries a man can buy and not have Jesus in my life. Amen. Well, God's a good God. He loves you. He made the heavens and the earth. He, he created it all. He, he made man. He made woman. He, he made you. He, he established your goings, your in and out, the place that you would go. He, he's already established all that. Everywhere that your feet is going to go, he's already went before you. He's just that kind of God. So as we think about a, a turning point, God gave me a word uh, about a turning point. What in, what in the world are you talking about? Don't you think it's a time this morning that, that you decided to humble yourself before a holy God? Don't you think it's a time to say, you know what, I, I can't even walk without him holding my hand. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't get up in the morning. I can't take a breath unless he gives me oxygen. I, I can't get no rest at night unless he gives me rest. I, when I wake up in the morning to take a step, if he don't put the strength in my feet and in my legs, I, I, I can't go nowhere. Now, ain't God a good God this morning? And when we go against God's will for our life, God's layout plan. Boy, do we mess it up. Boy, don't we mess it up all the things that we bring in. You know that he says that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us and, and we have him. He dwells in us and, and how we have the power of prayer. We had a message here Wednesday night about prayer. I wanted to preach that again this morning. God just wouldn't allow me to do that. But all that God just, he, he just, he just got, he, he'll just come down and he's got this word right here. And he said to these people of Israel, if you people will just do this. That's all you got to do. Just like in the Garden of Eden, when he spoke to Adam and Eve, he said, all you got to do, you got all the fruit you can eat. You got all the blessings you're going to need. This is what you got to do. Why in the world do we go against what God tells us to do? As he tells us to be faithful, as he tells us to be earnest about the things of God. Why do we do that? Why did these people do that? Why, why did he lead some people across a body of water, just take the water out of the way, make dry ground and lead them across it and bless them so they could turn the back on them? I don't know. All through the Bible, as I read, it's been the last four or five months, it seems like to me that all through the Bible that, that God blesses us. And then we get sorry and low down. And then he whoops us. And then we come back. And then we get sorry and low down. 
And then he whoops us. And we come back. Why? I don't know. But I know in God's word, he wants blessings. It, it was his idea that it, we wouldn't even never die. And man comes in. I don't know why, why we've got that. So just let me say a few things about, about what God's got going on. So God has uh, left you a will. Wouldn't it have been better when he saved us, he just made us like a robot. And he just programmed us. And when we try to go the wrong way, sparks would fly. Like your car, if you don't put gas in it. I've had diesel trucks. Look here, I, I've had diesel trucks that I put gas in. Won't work. And then I got rid of the gas truck. I mean, and then I got rid of the, the diesel truck and I got a gas truck. And you know what? I put diesel in the gas truck. I'd had the diesel for so long. I'm, I just made one mistake by putting the, the gas in the diesel truck. But when I, when I changed over, I, I forgot that I didn't have diesel no more. And I tried to put, uh, I didn't have a diesel anymore. I had a gas truck and I tried to put diesel in that. And here I was out here trying to cipher it off. And, and let me just tell you how God does things. I was just right down on Whitten Road and I, I pulled in there and I had that diesel truck and I'm just out just a whistling. It's a wonderful day. And I just stuck that gas Niles were right in there, buddy, and I just, I was filling it just right up and everything going just fine. And when I got done and I pulled it out of there, all of a sudden right there before I hung it up on the pumps, I thought, oh, no, I said, oh, man. The guy that's right next on the other side of the pump, he said, no, you didn't. I said, yeah, I did. Hey, he said, I do the same thing. He said, look here, what are we going to do? I've got a chain. I'm going to pull you. I don't live about a, just a block and a half. He said, but it's going to be crazy. And he pulls me and we go across like six, six lanes of traffic. I ain't got no control or nothing. He got a chain hooked to me. My truck is not even. And, and we pull right up on in his driveway. And he said, give me just a second. Here it comes out with about, I don't know, six or eight plastic brand new red gas cans. He said, I told you I'd undone it. And then he comes out with some kind of a compressor and, and, he, and he's got a sock and he puts in a tank and he puts it in there and he, he siphoned it out and he had everything that I need. He even had a, a gas can in there for some lawnmower. He said, a diesel uh, can there. And he said, I got some diesel I'm going to put in your truck and I'm going to get you back there. And God provided. And God provided. If you only knew how many times you're talking about a worship service we could have this morning. If we come through them doors, if we come through the gates and just realize what God has done for us, and we just, look here, you wouldn't have to humble yourself hoping God would do something for you. Just humble yourself what God has already done for you. Man, I'm just humbling myself for what he's already done. And I love to say this, I'm excited about tomorrow. Because, because his word said, I'm, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whatever God he was to you yesterday, he's going to be the same God to you today. He's going to be the same God to you tomorrow. So here's where we are. We're just rolling in God's goodness. And so God just said, if you'll just humble yourself and you'll just pray, and if you just turn from your wicked ways and your wickedness, maybe you just forget him. Maybe you're just, maybe you're just normal, just like all of us. We take him for granted. We kind of look over his blessings. We kind of say things like that sometimes like, well, I, I guess they just lucked up and found that spot on my lungs or they lucked up and found 
too long. So that, you know, I just got lucky. You know, I hear people talk like that. No, the Bible said every good and perfect gift come from above. And in that, in that popular scripture, he done, he done warned us before. He said, I can shut up the heavens. I can shut up the heavens. I can make it where it's not any rain. I can make it where it's not any sun. I can make it where it's not, it's not nothing to dry the land up. I can make it where it keeps raining. I can do anything that I need to do. And I can't help but think, and it doesn't matter. You know, we ain't got what we deserve. <laughs> we really ain't. I mean, the way we do, God, if, if somebody done you like that and you gave your child to save their life, <laughs> you didn't come back to thank him. You know, you say, well, I just don't believe that's that important anymore. You know, I, I thought I might go by that one day. I thought I might send him a card. I thought, but after I got to thinking about it, I just got to thinking it wasn't that important. Amen. Well, that must have been what God knew about us. And when he said, if my people, if my people, you may this morning, he was saying this to Israel, but you may this morning say, well, you know, that's talking about the saved folks, my people. Well, if it is, you better read the rest of these verses. That means it can get rough in your saved condition. It can. It can. He can be blessing you today. He can realize you need a spanking tomorrow. He don't give you no sabbatical. He ain't going to stand you in no corner. If he does you like he does me, he's just going to wear your tail out and get over with. And you'll, you'll say, I, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I, I know what's going on. I, I've got it. And then, and then we'll come back and then we'll go good for a while. And I ain't talking about just showing up for church. No, I'm talking about we'll be sensitive to the needs of others. I ain't talking about come sitting on a, a soft pew and say, look at me, man, ain't I got it going on? But all of a sudden, just like all them people we see down in Texas, they just giving up the trucks, they're giving up the boats, and, they, and they're going. And, and very little said. I mean, ain't been nothing said about it. I wonder why they're doing that. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder, I wonder why that's going on. I mean, you're talking about from one riot to another. We, we'll see a week before how people go and they just beating folks and they just doing everything. And then we see a Jesus riot. <laughs> I mean, it's just a Jesus riot. I mean, and people just going and they, they, they just want to love on folks and just want to do for folks. And, and that's showing the glory of God. So he said, if my people who call by my name, if they'll humble themselves and they'll pray and they'll seek my face. They'll look into the eyes of Jesus. Say, Jesus, what you want me to be? What do you want me to do? Where do you, you want me to go? Who, who am I going to have an effect on? Who am I going to invite to church next Sunday? Who, who am I going to have an impact on? Who am I going to lead to Jesus? I heard it said one time, the only thing worse of not making heaven would be to make heaven when you stand before the Lord, standing there knowing that you ain't had not one thing to do with one soul coming to know Jesus. Get busy. Get busy telling folks about this wonderful Jesus. He said, if they'll humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and I'm not going to read it all and turn from their wicked ways. He said, after they do these things, he said, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal the land. And I want you to look at verse 15. It said, now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that's made in this place. For now, for now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And I, and I think about America. I think about church. I think about homes. I think about, I think about 
in our job places where, where they work. Is, is his name ever brought up? I mean, is he ever, is he ever got the glory for what's going on? And when you wake up in a, in a morning, if you're at your house and you look out and it's a beautiful day, I mean, can we even walk out and say, man, look what God did for us today. I, I got to sit out with my grandbaby in the shade this morning between Sunday school class and church. And, and I thought, boy, ain't, ain't this just a blessing to sit out here in the shade, just a nice morning. But what if we get up on a hot morning? We get up, we say, man, this is the most miserable day I've ever been in. Can you believe how hot it is? That humidity is bad. I'm talking about, I'm telling you, this is the worst day I've ever lived in and we'll do that. And, but God blesses us over and over and over and we don't think nothing about that. I believe today God's wanting us to turn. I believe he's wanting to turn. I believe he's saying, why don't you turn around? If my people who are called by my name, they'll seek my, seek my face and turn from the wicked ways. Just, if they'll just turn just a little bit, just turn around and look at God and start thanking God for all the blessings that he had. If you're here today and you lost and you don't know Jesus, I want to tell you something. It's time for you to turn. It's time to turn. It's time to turn around. It's time to turn around where all the hope is. It's, it's time to turn around where all the satisfaction is. You think about all the tabloids they are beside, beside the cash registers, whether you be at Walmart. People then tried all the things that people think they need to try. They, they think they need to go try something. Maybe I'm going to get wealthy. Won't you, won't you look at the folks that got real wealthy? It really didn't do them no good. At the end of the day, it didn't do them no good. They still got old. They still, they still, the health still broke down. They still had issues in the family. They still had misery come their way. They still had surgery, still had all that stuff. But what's the difference between them and us? We've got a God and we've got a Holy Spirit that's there all the time that brings us a peace. The Bible said that the world knows what nothing of. So as I come and I, I think about how God it's left your will. I've got a few things I want to speak to you about this morning about that will that he's left you. Uh -huh. About a will. Yeah. So he left your will. If he made us a robot, then we would just be under his, just do whatever we had to do. And then if it didn't, it would just break down and it would just be over. You might think, well, that would be nice. But how long would we last? Amen. I mean, how long would we be robots if he, if he didn't decide he's going to give us a will? He's got the Holy Spirit. We got the flesh and it's wrestling. But what if he just made us a robot? Didn't give us a will. And so when we messed up the first time or whatever it did, when something went about, all the sparks would fly and it would all fall apart and it would be over. God, when he saved your soul, he knew every wrong you would ever make. There's people here today said, I, I'd get saved. I would give my life to Jesus. I would do this thing. But brother Eddie, I know I can't do it. So therefore, what's, what's the need? Because you're a sinner, God ain't never saved nobody that wasn't a sinner. God ain't never saved nobody good. God saved everybody that's bad. The Bible says there ain't no good in us. No, not one. So we need Christ. So because he gave us a will, it is, it is your will to live and serve and please God. But I want to tell you today, you got, you got two options. Someone would say, no, you don't have but one option. I'm going to get to that in a minute. You, you got two options today. Yeah. He's not going to come and hold a gun to your head so you'll be saved today. He'll come and he'll knock at your door. He said, I'll stand at your door and knock. If you'll open that door, I'll come in and sup with you and you can sup with me. All through the Bible, if you'll confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, he made it, he made it so simple. He's, he's really already saved you 2,000 years ago. It's a gift today. You've got to pick it up. You've got you to take it as yours. You've got to receive the gift 
the salvation today, but you got two options today. How many of you ever been going down the road and it's a busy, busy place, maybe in a big city and it can even be Memphis now with all the going on if you don't get over in that other lane. And, yeah. But I know Memphis a little bit so I can just jump off the exit and I can get back. And, and then, but you're getting somewhere like Nashville and it gets a little bit, a little bit more. Get somewhere like St. Louis that you don't know at, at all. I mean, at least, least in Nashville, you know a little bit something about over here. You done seen when you get to Briley Parkway, you know, you, we all see that Nashville. Like, well, I, that's something familiar. You know, that's, that's some of you maybe see the airport or something. Like, I, I kind of know, I don't know a whole lot about Nashville. Can you imagine being in a place that you've never been before and you, and you go by and, you, and the man, it just seemed like forever. You get off an exit and you can't get back over there. I mean, for the day before we had our GPSs. Boy, ain't that GPS nice? I mean, man, you can just set that thing right in there. I just poke it right in there some other day, calling me about something I'm going to be at probably two weeks from now. I said, wait a minute. Go on and give me the address right now. Let me just go on and put it in there. I still got Larry Rochelle's address. Joe called me uh, uh, yesterday or sometime, was talking to me. She said, you still know your way up here, don't you? I mean, just because Larry's gone on to heaven, you know, Jesse, the granddaughter, said you can come by, you know. I said, well, just soon y'all get that chocolate pie, you know, that's probably going to make my GPS say something to me to get me there. But even though, you know, I would get out there in that part of Murfreesboro, and I, and I just don't have a clue where I'm at. I don't have a clue. All I know is I've got this little obstacle up here, this GPS that I done put in that address, and I done got all faith and trust that it's just going to get me there. Now, I was one time. I, now, that fancy deal on your truck, they call it a OnStar. Now, I did leave. You got to watch it when you get in a bunch of mountains. I did leave Kentucky one time, and, and I put it on there, and I, I thought I was big britches that time, and I mean, it actually carried me to a barn, and I knew I was absolutely lost. I remember I traveled as far as I could and finally I just stopped and got me a motel room and I stopped. I got up the next morning and I went down there and I told the man, I said, I don't have any idea whatsoever where I'm at. I said, that, my own star wasn't, wasn't working or something and, and I, I said, I, I don't even know where I'm at. He said, well, you're not far off your course. So he put in the, his little whatever, computer, whatever, then in a few minutes, here it comes spitting out me some pieces of paper and it told me every turn that I needed to make. Well, shoot, man, I, I wasn't concerned about that. I just tore it up. I said, I don't need no stupid instructions to tell me nothing. <laughs> shoot. I mean, hey, everything just fine. I don't need none of that junk. I don't need none of it. <laughs> I know y'all saying, your britches must be burning. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I mean, no, man, I looked at it. It told me right out of that Right out of that motel, went to turn down, right out of the park, like go down here, turn right, go to whatever, turn right. Man, I was diligent because I wanted to get home. Here we are. Don't none of us in here want to go to hell. Come on. Oh, Lord, Brother Eddie, you done brought up that bad word. You know we don't use that word right here. Don't nobody in here want to go to hell, Brother Jeff. We got a roadmap right there to tell us how to get to heaven. We got a roadmap to tell us how to be happy, how to have joy, Brother Terry, in our heart, how to have peace, how to get up every day and say, you know what? This is the day that the Lord has made. If it's a little cold, God didn't gave me a coat to put on. My, if it's a little wet, he didn't gave me some rubber boots to put on my feet. Whatever God, God has made provision. And here we are. We got this roadmap. We got two options today. 
You can walk out here today with a tore up instruction that you don't have a clue where you're going anymore. You know, every now and then people come and they they try to piece it back together. You know, they said, I had it. They said, I, I, I had it. I mean, brother, Ed, I'm telling you, I, I had it. And he, here it is. And they, they throwing it all down. And, and I'm saying, you know, all you got is that right there. But you you're not willing to give your life to it. You're not willing to be interested in what God's plan it is. And what you're going to have to have is you're going to have to have a heart Amen. transplant. You're going to have to have surgery. Matter of fact, the Bible would say to us this morning that we need to examine ourselves. Man, it's so peaceful. Yeah. It is really something to be around someone that's gave the life to Jesus. Amen. And maybe someone that you may think, well, they, you know, I, you know, you done done all that. And you, man, we're just so sanctified. We, we kind of think of somebody. But I, I'll tell you a story again about me being at the hospital with this guy. His name is Danny Dudley. And the cancer had got him. His wife was beside the bed and. Life was short, and they told me it was on a Sunday afternoon, so I, I go down there just to be with him. And, and in the bed he had, had one of them lights that they put in over your bed. And so what happened was the doctor had come in, they put that light over his bed, and, and he would be there, and you could tell he was in a lot of pain. He, he would make some faces, you know, and he would make some groanings, and then all of a sudden that light came on. This guy that had cancer and that was in all that pain, a smile come over his face. He just went smiling. Yeah. And so his wife says, Danny, you're okay. And he was just smiling. Amen. Said, you're okay? Yeah. She said, Danny, she said, don't worry about nothing. She said, the doctor's in here. And it, he just turned that light on so he can look at you good. The smile went away. Amen. He thought it was heaven. He thought God was coming. He heard about that bright light. He, he thought, man, God was coming. He was so happy and he, he was smiling. All of a sudden, the smile went away. That's what I'm trying to talk about. God's got a peace for you this morning. If you can just turn from nothing, if you can just lose absolutely nothing, and you can gain absolutely everything. Amen. See, a lot of folks are like, well, I can't give up. Well, it ain't nothing you got. You don't have nothing. You don't have nothing to sustain you. You don't have nothing to bring you to the joy. I mean, the Bible said this world, what it has, what it's got, it don't last but just a season, it's gone. But, but now you done tried everything that the world has to offer. And I tell everybody that I see, I said, if there's something you ain't tried yet and you think you've got to have it, tell me about it. And I'm sure I can find somebody that's already tried it and they're miserable. Amen. So we don't have but two options. Today we got an option. We can either give our life to Jesus. And this morning, the Bible said, don't rejoice because you can tread over scorpions. Don't rejoice because you can speak to evil spirits and they'll have to leave the room. He said, but you rejoice this morning that your name has been written down in the Lamb's book of life. The Bible talks about how that we're sealed until the day of redemption. That this morning, by faith, with a childlike faith, you can walk out of that door. You can choose the right option. You can choose, I'm not going to go to hell. I'm not going to be miserable no more. I'm telling you, the folks that I'm around that's the most miserable seem like to me are religious folks. Least the folks that's drinking, they just want to get drunk. They just out there in total darkness, they want to get drunk. But what about the folks that come to church and they're miserable? They don't want to have no conversation with nobody. They don't, they don't want to have no friendship with nobody. I mean, they just coming and getting their little ticket punched every Sunday and they're miserable folks. Do you know who them folks are? The Bible says, I would that you be hot or cold. 
But because you're lukewarm, you just get right there in the middle somewhere. He said, look at, he said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. See, well, the reason why, because if you was cold, you'd still want to get to a warm. If you was hot, you'd want to get to something where it was cool. You ever been to a place and it was cold and it was rainy and you done got just real cold and, and all you could think about, man, if I can just get to the car, if I just, if I can just turn that heat on and I'm going to close for very long. I remember going hunting with this guy. Matter of fact, Wayne was supposed to go that morning and Philip was supposed to go that morning and Jack was going that morning and we had a big group of folks going deer hunting that morning and I was going to pick them all up. Well, I got to Wayne's house. And Wayne said, hey, Philip decided not to go. I said, okay. He said, I guess I'm not going either. I said, okay. Okay, you ain't going. You ain't going. And so here we're going. I'm going out here on Covington Highway hunting. And so, so then I finally get to Jack's house. Jack ain't up. Got to get Jack up. Jack gets in the truck. He got fists. Both, one of his is bigger than both of mine. And he said, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do before we do anything. You carry me to town so I can get some coffee. I said, man, look here. I don't want to pick up Wayne. He ain't going. Philip's supposed to be there. He ain't going. I come and I got you out of bed. We're supposed to be in a deer stand. And here you are. Now we got, he said, well, you going. Well, you like or not, you going to town. <laughs> so then we get back and we get him coffee. And finally, I get out there where we're going to go deer hunting. So. He said, won't you drive me on up there to my deer stand? I said, might as well. <laughs> so I walk off in the woods and, you know, I get him all up in there, you know, and I said, you, you good and you comfortable, Jack? You okay? Yeah, hand me my coffee, you know. Okay, now you're good. Yeah. I go back and I park my truck and I'm going across this woods and, 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 and out I fell off in a slough, man, just whoo. And it was cold and it was sleeting. And off in that slough I went and, and I kept going to that deer stand. And Reed, I got up in that deer stand and I sat down and I said, I just believe I'm smarter than this. I got a warm truck. I mean, it didn't take long. I mean, I, mean, I didn't have no brain freaks or nothing. It didn't take long. I said, I got me a truck. Brother Wayne, I said, I got me a truck and it's got a heater in it. It, it ain't really this important. So Brother Jason, I got immediately down. I got my gun, I went on to the truck. And before I even pulled off them wet shoes and, and socks, I reached in and I cranked that truck up. Man, I got up there and I laid them socks over that bin or whatever so they could uh, dry on that side. Man, I kicked my feet up there. And an hour or two later, Brother Jack come to the truck. Boy, he knocking on him. I said, what is it? Get in here. He's like, ooh, ooh, it's so cold. It's, oh, man, wasn't it cold? I said, oh, yeah, it was cold. <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> he, said, he said, man, I would have come. I mean, I'd have come after that 15, 20 minutes. He said, I ain't never been that cold before. He said, I, I would have come. He said, I, I'm, I, I didn't want to mess you up. I said, well, I'm sure glad you did. <laughs> I said, Jack, after I let you out, it took me about 10, 15 minutes to get where I was going. I fell off in some water and I got wet and my brain kicked in. And I've been sitting right here in this truck for the last two hours. <laughs> I done slept. And I'm talking about I'm toasty. He said, yeah, I can tell your face is just plum red over it like you done got blisters and all. I said, I'm telling you, it's been warm in here. It's been warm in here. Man, that's how it is. You know, we as preachers and, and, and Teresa and their church, I'm the church the same way. We just, we just telling folks on and on, 
Come on to Jesus. Man, I mean, how long? How long you going to be cold and wet and miserable? And how long you going to stay? Why don't you just come on and give your life to Jesus? And as I say so many times, I ain't never met nobody that ever got saved and say these words. I wished I've never got saved. I've met a lot of miserable church members. I've seen the hate. I've seen the agony. I've seen how they just want to pick and gals. They come every Sunday. They, they don't like it here. They don't like it nowhere else. They don't like to be around it. They just go in to punch their car and I got that done. See you guys next week. <laughs> and the misery just keeps going. Boy, don't it feel good that when you're plugged into something, Huh? Don't it feel good when you got your hands or something where, where in the Bible he said, yeah, you know, a man that after he's put his hands to the plow looking back ain't fit for the kingdom of heaven. Now you get to think about God's word. Let me go on and try to close right here. You ain't got but one plan. You got two options, but you ain't got but one plan. God didn't come up with one plan. When he gave, gave his, his son, I, I, want, I want to talk to you about that plan in building houses. You know, a lot of people say, we don't like this bedroom right here. So sometimes I would just go along with them. I said, well, what do you want to do? Say, we at least need three more feet. I said, well, that's fine. Well, we got, we got a little problem down here about this master bathroom too. I said, what do you want to do? Well, it's too small. And we don't want that. And we think this ought to be over here. We think showering it. I said, well, that's fine. That's just good and fine. Well, the kitchen's going to be, we walked in there last night, we see the plates down, and we done done some measuring ourselves down in the cabinets. We ain't got room. I said, well, just add something to it. But there's a consequence that's come because when you get down at the guest inn and all you got is supposed to be a bedroom, you ain't got but room enough for a closet. They say, what happened to our, our bedroom? You eat it up. You eat it up. You wanted more there and you wanted more there and you had a plan and you done deviated from the plan. I'm going to tell you something. God's got a plan. He's got an absolute plan for your life. He's got an easy way for you to come to Jesus. He's got an easy way for you to have life. So all we got is one plan. You got one chance. As I think about over in 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2, I won't go over there and read it for time's sake. It says today. He said, I have secured you today. I've kept you. I've secured you. I'm talking about it rains on the just and the unjust. He said, I've held you. The Bible said he loved us while we were yet sinners. He died for us. When Jesus died on the cross, everybody in the whole wide world was lost. And he done secured you. He done secured you through that revival meeting when you almost gave your life to Jesus. He done secured you when he brought it to your attention this week. Said, look here, if you're so saved, how come you're so miserable? How come if you keep decreasing like you decrease, you won't even, you won't even be affiliated with the church two years from now? I have secured you. I have kept you. And he said, the day, right now today, is the day of salvation. You got, you got one, you got, you had two options. He got one plan. You got one chance. And it's today. Can't nobody in here today tell me, look, you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm, I'm going to sleep on this tonight. And I'm going to get up in the morning. That remind you about anybody in the Bible about that rich man? Huh? He said, I'll I'm 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 tell you what I'm going to do. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to eat, drink, and I'm just going to be merry. And as it said to him, said, you fool, tonight your soul is going to be required. He's got one map. He's got one map, and that's the word of God. The Bible said we're made clean by the word. You take this word right here. You turn on Romans chapter 10. If it says if you'll confess with your, with your mouth, 
If you'll believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead, if you do that, you give your life to him, that he'd save you. Ain't no difference. I don't care if you're a Japanese, Chinese, American. Don't make no difference what you are in life. It don't matter what you are. It don't matter what denomination you are. Well, we as these folks, we're different denominations. We believe you better find it in that word right there. Amen. But over in Romans, it'll say these words to you. He's got one plan for you right here in Romans. Let me take the, let me take the time. You're so saved. Been a long time since you've been saved. You're probably ready to go. But let me read it to you. That if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to, them that, to him that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't you think it's time today that you make a turn in your life? A turn. Hey, you say, wait, man, I'm saved. Well, why don't you just turn a little bit and say, when I come to church, I'm going to come to worship. I'm going to come to praise him. Let everything have breath. Enter to his gates and praise the things. Look here, I'm just going to do some turning in my life. Even though, look here, I know I'm absolutely saved and I know all these things. I'm going to do some turning in my life. I'm going to be faithful to the things of God. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to tell you something. That humbling thing's a big thing. Just as sure as you start going to church somewhere, there's going to be somebody to say, yep. Said, they done got you. Yep. They done made you think you got to go to church every Sunday. Well, you know what? If I find you in the morning somewhere between 6 o'clock in the morning or 5 o'clock, if you get up at 3 o'clock, between there and 12, 12 o'clock tomorrow, you probably going to be there at least one time. That's right. If I find you tomorrow about noon, you probably going to want to eat again. And if you're anything like me, if I find you tomorrow afternoon around 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock you want to eat again. And if you really eat, like to eat like I do about 10, 11 o'clock tomorrow night, you're going to be eating again. And about 12 o'clock you're going to be sitting there and you're going to say, Lord, you've got to help me. That, 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 that refrigerator is, is demonic. And that refrigerator's got the devil in it. And that refrigerator attacks me every night. And Lord, I just need some more strength. And then tomorrow evening, you know what you're going to do? You're going to be doing the same thing. You know why? Because we really don't want to make a change. Is there anybody in the house, as we have the invitation that's, that's played this morning, is there anybody in the house this morning think you need to make a change? Don't we all need to make a little change? Don't we all need to just turn our eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, don't we all need to just think whether well, things of this world then it'll just start get dimmer and dimmer. Those things that we really think we need, that we gotta have, Brother Jason, you just come to the piano. That thing devil possessed this morning, ain't it? Yeah, it's got a roar in it. Sister Sarah, you can just cut it off. Anna, you did a mighty fine job singing that song. Wow. Even though uh, you know, someone Someone said, we know if something happens to them, have a car wreck or whatever, whatever organs I got, I want them to go to somebody else. That's what happened. Uh, we went one time and they wouldn't work. After she done laid there all day, they, they wouldn't work. And 
I remember that next time she called. She said, Brother Eddie, they, they found some lungs and they're beautiful. And they're beautiful. And we got up there and we prayed and we gathered around that bed. Process went on for all night long and, and everything went fine. She had to stay in Nashville at Vanderbilt for three months. A long time. All you people in here that through your Sunday school classes, took up money, prayed, sent. I want to say thank you. She'd want to say thank you. I'm going to tell you something. In this world that we're living in, in the morning when you get up, you can dwell on the bad or you can dwell on the good. I, I don't know about it. I, I don't want nobody riding down, my road, down, down the road with me talking about bad all the time. I don't want to call somebody on the phone every time I call them something bad. Man, when I call somebody on the phone, I want to talk about Jesus. What Jesus done done. Boy, look what God done done this morning. So well, he ain't done nothing. He got you up this morning. Don't let me go through all that again. Ain't there time we just kind of turn? Turn a little bit. Start acknowledging him a little bit more. Start treating him like he's really somebody in our life. That he's, it's a personal Jesus that we serve him. He wants to bless you. This morning, if you're here without Jesus... Don't do it no longer. Somebody real close to you, they watching you. You know, one of the things I used to remember, used to help dying in a Sunday school class and I was the most trouble in there. But something would come up about, you shouldn't ever get in this right here. I tell you what, it was a sad moment when you'd hear them kids say, my daddy does that. Don't you tell me my daddy's a bad daddy. I want to tell you something, Mom and Daddy. Heard a story one time about this state trooper knocked on a man's door. He said, I got some sad news for your son. He's been killed in a car wreck. Man in all of his grieving. Told the state trooper, said, well, if I find out who done it, you better watch me because I'll kill him. If I find out who did this to my son. So we found alcohol. That's what it was. He said, if I find out who sold it to him, I'll kill him. Man went through all the funeral and all the, went on and after the funeral service was over, the barrel was over and the man went home and man thought, well, right before I go to bed, I'm going to, I'm going to get me a little, little tidy or whatever they call them, just a little drink. Had that whiskey bottle hid real good behind some books in his bookcases. And reached back there to get that whiskey out of there that he thought didn't nobody know nothing about him but him. And when he went to get that whiskey bottle back out of behind that bookcase, it wasn't there. But it was a note from his son. He said, Daddy, it was graduation night. I know you wouldn't mind. Let me tell you something, your children. Your family, they're watching you closer than what you can imagine. They're watching every move you got. They listen to every word that you're saying. Every time you say something negative about the church, every time you say something negative about your Sunday school class, every time you, you, you just say something, look here, just, just, just reach down there, Larry, as we say, just, just pull up your boots and tie your laces real tight and just get in there and just endure like a, a soldier. Let's go on and, let's go on and, go on and say it's, it's some bad stuff going to happen today. Long as there's a devil living, there's some bad stuff going to happen today. He don't like me and I don't like him. 
and he don't want my business to prosper. He don't want us to be happy and he's going to be doing something. I recognize there and you just might as well get up in the morning. You might as well just arm yourself like you're going to battle. Say the devil, I know you're out there. Just bring your best stuff on. Well, I liked a little sign I seen on the news where it said, bring it on Harvey, the storm. Them saying, whatever it is, just bring it on. Boy, I like what Paul said. He said, my grace is sufficient to meet your every need according to his riches and glory. I believe that everybody in Texas, everybody down there, we need to take up a special offering of them. We may do that next Sunday. Just, we're going to take up a special offering and uh, we'll be praying about that. And uh, I'm going to get about four men here to talk to me about that. But uh, we'll probably think about that bit of gram thing or something, you know, uh, that, what is it? Purse? Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably think that way. Is anybody in here need to be saved today? Would you bow your head with me?